Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Things Podcast. I'm Bethany Werner, and my dear friend, Rachel, is not here today. (laughs) She is working, you know, running after small children. Um, But I have an extra special guest visitor today who knows a lot about friendship and connecting. Vicki Polk has been a member of Messiah for almost 30 years. She and her husband, James, have three kids, all attended Messiah and Lincoln Lutheran. She serves. You've seen her in a lot of different roles. She'll be at the welcome desk um, on Sunday mornings. She's been a room mom. She's taught VBS, which she should do again. (laughs) Currently, she is serving on the women's ministry team, which they're doing a lot of different, new, exciting things, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, I am. Vicki attended Bible study last fall with me when we did a Jenny Allen book called Find Your People, and what I heard from her was her passion about connecting people, finding people, um, valuing people, making people feel heard and part of a community, which is so important. We did um, a session about friendship. Our last podcast was about friendship with kids. Mm -hmm. But I think we as adults also struggle making friends or keeping friends or carving out time in our day to really have those intentional relationships. Absolutely. is how we're created. That's what we need. Yep. So Vicki, tell me, tell us more. Like, why are you so passionate about this? What what makes you tick about this? <laughs> well, I have to joke a little bit because I am not a reader at all. And for me to actually pick up a book and be so inspired about it was kind of surprising because I, that's just not something I do very often. But to be honest... Um, This book hit home for me for a variety of reasons, and part of my interest in this topic stems from my own personal experiences with feeling lonely and isolated at times. And I was a stay-at-home mom for over 25 years when most people in my generation were out working full-time jobs. And now fast forward, and sometimes I feel the exact same way. And I'm now an empty nester, and although I do work part-time, it's working by myself, so I'm still not around others much on a daily basis. So I've definitely felt like I've had seasons in my life where I've struggled to find other women to connect with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me, well, and I've shared this with you, going through infertility for nine years, it was hard for me to find where did I fit in because mm-hmm. sometimes it was hard for me to be with people my age because everyone was having babies. Right. You know? And I think that's one little, one example of so many things that it could be for a woman or a person that prevents them from stepping out and making friends and making those connections. Oh, I know. The, like, the obstacles are endless. Mm-hmm. I mean, yours is very specific related to that issue. Mine was, you know, I know they're stay-at-home moms today, but it was... You know, Mm -hmm. it's still not a real common thing. So you feel like you're kind of by yourself in that world, too. Mm -hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in those situations then to make 
if you're staying at home, there may be other people staying at home, but how do you find them and how do you meet them? And mm -hmm, definitely. And, you know, I say I've struggled with some loneliness, but I also have to point out that for me, that wasn't always a negative thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess the best way to explain that is that because by nature, I'm an introvert and I am one that definitely enjoys my alone time. I, I refresh by being alone, which is kind of the descriptive of mm -hmm. an introvert. <laughs> but even as, you know, as we all know, even introverts need friendships and interactions with others, obviously. So sometimes it's just harder for those that are more quiet and reserved to feel comfortable meeting new people. But it's certainly something that I've had to work on over the years. Mm -hmm. So. So what have you done? As a stay-at-home mom or an empty, empty nester, you're craving to make those connections. What were some of the first things you said, okay, this is something I can do? Hmm. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it's okay. it hits. It, it gets emotional when you talk about it because... This is also why I asked Vicky though, because <laughs> she is, she has such a heart for this and it's, you speak to what a lot of women experience and not just women, people and women of every age, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ironic. We're sitting here talking about this on campus of Messiah Church and, mm -hmm. and I have to say that. I don't know what I would have done without the moms that I met here right at Messiah when my kids were going through school here mm -hmm. and, you know, their activities and everything. Everybody was basically directly related to Messiah. That was my family, my second family when we moved to town. So that really meant a lot to me. But as we all know, we go through different phases of life and with that relationships often come and go. So other than my church home, the other connections, you know, I just wasn't finding very easily to meet other friends. So I often found myself coming up with my own ways to make that happen. And so I kind of have some examples that I will share with you that I've done to create the social circles that I was desiring. And they've varied quite a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like one of my first women's things I did um, to pull people together was just simply start a bunco group. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing difficult about that. Over the years, I've done, I can't tell you how many invitations for just asking somebody to go out for coffee mm -hmm. or go on walks. I mean, those are simple last minute things, no planning, you know, just, hey, let's meet up. And, and those are often the best, the best ways to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I've started different social groups. Usually they would meet, you know, one to two times a month, and those looked like anything from a book club to a walking group, really. It can be a variety of things. Uh, I have an annual gathering where I invite the ladies on my block over for dessert and just gives everybody a chance to catch up and connect with one another. That is so cool. <laughs> Yeah, we've enjoyed it. It's become a fall tradition. So, you know, sometimes you can live right next door to someone and mm -hmm. you don't do anything other than say hello and, good, you know, 
have a good morning and that could be it, which is really sad. So before you started those annual gatherings, that's probably what it was for most people on the block. Yeah. I mean, there's a few exceptions. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously when you have children the same ages, you connect in that way, but I've seen, you know, if you don't have that connection or or even a pet, to be honest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you're out walking and other people have dogs, I mean... That's such an icebreaker, a pet or a kid, yeah. Absolutely. Other than that, you know, it can be really hard to find something to talk about, so... Good for you. One of the very first things I did when we moved to Lincoln, actually, was um, I started a card club group, and they were all couples from church here, and... Just so happens this fall, we celebrated 25 years of being together. (laughs) So you play cards? Yes. Once a month, we take turns hosting, and somebody figured out not so long ago that, hey, I think this is our 25th year. So we had a special little evening where they surprised me, and they went as far as, I mean, it was crazy. They... They made a cake with a picture of our group on it, and they ah. made a Shutterfly book with pictures from our gatherings over the years, and we always celebrate everybody's big birthdays and make those special, and so there mm-hmm. were some pretty fun pictures from those That times. is so cool. <laughs> okay, and your kids are around 25, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. just because she's 30, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So their whole growing up years, like you were doing this with this group of people too, yeah, we were, but we never took kids. Uh huh. But I love yeah. this because you modeled for your kids the importance of spending time with people, of having friends, of having yes. those deep relations. Like that's. Really I've never cool. really thought of it that way, but that's probably very true. And actually, my own parents were in a card club for years too, and that's mm-hmm. you know obviously where I got the idea. But it is, I guess, they obviously. I love that. <laughs> were role models for me because it really is important to make time out for yeah. you as a couple, and not just be running after the kids all the time or taking them places. Like mom, moms are people too. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot sometimes. Of that's right. And moms have needs too, and dads, and that I love that. Okay, yes. keep going. <laughs> I um, I guess more recently is my passion for just getting small groups of women together and. Um, I guess this really isn't an important detail, but for years I dreamed about having a deck put on our house. Mm-hmm. I just never had a fun space outside to sit and relax. And a couple of years ago, we finally added that onto our house. You know, the kids were gone and we're like, why not? And so we did that and it was just became a happy place for me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I want to share this with somebody. I don't want to sit out here by myself all the time. So I started inviting, you know, I'd find a Saturday here and there that I didn't have something going on, and I would just send out invitations to random women and say, please come join us for Coffee on the Deck Saturday morning. And and all those gatherings have either revolved around a simple devotion, or I'm also kind of known as the queen of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have lots of chat packs and lists of fun things that you can ask people that are good conversation starters. So... I always like to keep it lighthearted, and but it's been really neat experience. Like the conversations that some of those things can turn into have been really special. Yeah, and <laughs> even simple little question can morph into oh yeah yeah great conversation mm-hmm. for sure. Vicky, you are so cool. <laughs> well, those are just examples. Like 
obviously there are many different approaches one can take to get connected. But, you know, if I encourage you, like if you're somebody like me who, you know, go through a season where you're feeling lonely, just focus on something that you get excited about and try inviting somebody to do it with you. I mean, like I said, it could be anything from a book club to gardening, baking, whatever interests you. Mm-hmm. So there's no limits on what you can do with yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, so just you use the word loneliness and isolation, and those are big feelings and big experiences that people, we all, it's like a universal experience, at least at some point in life. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think about our society and our culture today? Like, does that isolate us further? What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Like I said, this topic's kind of been close to me, you know, for some time. But after reading the book that we referred to and listening to numerous podcasts and just a variety of different speakers, like, this subject comes up so often and it might even be from people you aren't expecting to hear it from. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if I had to pick a single word to describe the problem in our culture today, I would say it's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And I even heard, you know, one expert use the word unprecedented, which is almost kind of scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. Sadly, I think I have to agree with some experts that there's actually a pandemic going on around us. And they say it's worse for our health than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and they are not referring to COVID. Mm-hmm. Those are the words that they describe the isolation crisis going on in our country. And it affects the mental health of everybody around us. And it's believed to be so bad that some have even referred to it as being worse for those now than those who are living through World War II and suffering from high levels of anxiety and depression. So that's pretty oh my goodness. Sta- mind-boggling. <laughs> I think the you hit the nail on the head of the isolation and, ang- and um, loneliness go hand-in-hand hand with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. and Because we need people to get us out of our own thinking sometimes, you know, or to be part of a community, part of a something bigger than just ourselves. Yeah. I'm just thinking that anxiety and depression spiral just makes you turn in on yourself. And I can say that from experience and we need to be around people who can help us pull, pull us out of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. There was a specific um, statistic that somebody shared and it was that Three out of five Americans admitted to being lonely, isolated, or disconnected on a regular basis. And believe it or not, that study was done before COVID entered our lives. <laughs> and I'm assuming most people are like me, where a lot of your groups or connections and friends, you know, didn't sometimes always recover from COVID days. And so that number obviously is even probably higher today. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is heartbreaking to think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three out of five Americans admit to being lonely or disconnected on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that was pre-COVID. Yeah. And COVID just separated us even further and brought out a lot of that insecurity stuff or those anxiety stuff that just separated us even further, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Ugh. So what do you think? What or you do a lot of research on this. So what what have you read? Like what experts talk about being those major factors and reasons that so many people are suffering from loneliness? Why aren't we connecting well like we used to? Why aren't card nights the norm? <laughs> well, this is probably no surprise to anyone, but I think the obvious big one is technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all aware, cell phones, gaming devices, the internet, endless streaming options, they all play a part in this. And it actually goes back as far as the start of the Industrial Revolution, meaning like generations ago, if you think about it, everyone depended on each other for everything they needed. And they did bartering and trading and they raised each other's children and they lived in small villages where they knew everything about one another and they did life together and took care of one another in all different ways that we don't do today. And mm-hmm. we've obviously come a long way since then. And in many ways, this has been a good thing, but however, I think it's also come at a cost. Mm-hmm. And once people start becoming more sufficient, self-sufficient, they simply didn't need each other like they did back then. So, yeah. You know, one really good example of this, uh, <laughs> we used to be, just for example, a society that would consider borrowing things from their neighbors, whether it's a ladder or a cup of sugar or whatever, and now people, you know, they might occasionally do that, but in our world of Amazon where you can go and mm-hmm. order whatever you need and have it in 24 to 48 hours, I mean, that's one example of how we don't need each other. Another example of that would be like grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the worst. I know. I, it's like everybody used to go to the grocery store and we'd run into each other and say hi and catch up on how each other's kids are doing. And now people, you know, from the comfort of their own recliner at home, they can mm-hmm. click of the mouse, they can order their groceries and go pick it up curbside. and Or have it delivered, delivered. which is what I've been doing okay. lately. Yeah. I know it feels so like, I don't know. Luxurious, or I'm very spoiled. <laughs> but it's so nice with a baby. That's I'm my, sure that's it what is. I blame it on. But. Uh, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. But this also applies to even going to going out to eat like mm-hmm. that. I'm not saying that most of us don't still use that as a way to escape our house for a little while. But we all know that started to become a thing when COVID was here. Mm-hmm. You could order that and pick it up and take it home and go eat by yourself. And so that's mm-hmm. just another way that we isolate. We also used to spend more time outdoors than now, you know, iPads, the endless streaming options are just a couple of those things that keep it indoors more. And so all these things just add up over time mm-hmm. and they prevent us from being around others. And we just seem to be spending more time alone within the walls of our own houses. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that screens in general are a huge part of this. We, our brains are always going to go to the easiest option, like, and sitting in front of a screen and eating your takeout Chinese is way easier than texting a friend to see if they want to go out or come over Hmm. or it's easier. It does not mean it's better. Right. And it's not going to make you happy, but it's what we want to do, Mm -hmm. even though we don't really want to do it. Yeah. It's, ugh. And then also I think... Just the screens of 
looking at what other people are doing. Like I get on and all these other people I know are just posting the best things and the best pictures and their life is so perfect and I'm a hot mess over here. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I can't invite them over to my house (laughs) or share with them what's really going on. And that is not true. Oh, I think we're all in that boat together. Mm -hmm. Like I am going way back here and I don't remember what friend it even was at this point, but honestly, it's probably been 25 years ago. But I remember going to somebody's house one day and they've just kept apologizing for their mess. And I don't know if I stopped by on a whim or what it was, but I will never forget that because they were just so afraid of me seeing how they live life. And I said, you know what? It is just refreshing to know that other people live like mm-hmm. I do. You know? Right? It's like, why can't we get away from that? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm probably one of the worst. I I still feel like my house has to be clean from top to bottom before a group comes over, and I stress out about the stupidest things. I know. And what are we really there for? I, know. I mean, I could care less when I walk, if I walked into your house mm-hmm. and saw laundry laying all over, so why do I need to care so much if somebody sees that I actually live mm-hmm. in my house? <laughs> right? Michael's like... Do you really think they're going to open the drawers? I don't know. What if they do? <laughs> I got to clean. But it's so true when I go they to other might people's. find out you have a junk door. Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh. <laughs> or I do laundry. Yeah. Well, I don't want them to think we have dirty clothes. No. I know. When really, when I've gone to people's houses and see them real, living real life, like it's almost an honor to be able to see that yeah. picture into your life of, you know, yeah, we're all real people mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Yeah. And... Whatever is posted on online, you know, it's not a real picture of people's lives. It's always going to be the best things. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But don't let that, I'm talking to myself. I'm right there with you. you. I did the same thing. (laughs) Don't let that say, well, then I'm not worthy or I can't do it or whatever. (sighs) So do you think people value friendship as much as they did even like 10 or 20 years ago? Or Friendship is kind of, the definition has even changed. I can have 4,000 friends on Facebook or whatever. True. Yeah, that's very true. Like, what are friends anymore? Mm-hmm. You're right. And I, I definitely do think friendship is valued. Uh, I think we all long to have friends. You know, from a very young age all the way through adulthood, I think people desire it and want it. But what seems to be happening is that people aren't really being intentional like they once were about making relationships a priority. That's where I see the problem being. We all want it, but how Mm -hmm. many of us really put forth the effort to work on it? I think it's hard, and people don't want to do hard things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I You just going through that list that you said earlier of making all those intentional efforts— Vicki, I don't know if I know anyone else who does that, (laughs) like so intentionally, which I've heard from many people and myself included, or, you know, it's easier to be the people who say, oh, I wish, I wish we did this, or I wish someone would invite me to this, or I wish blah, blah, Mm. blah. And you, instead of saying, I just wish, you're like, I'm just going to do it. And that's inspiring to me. (laughs) I can't believe that you honestly said that because I just had that conversation with my husband last night. Really? Yeah, I just, I told him about a conversation I had with a friend that I met at a Bible study a few years ago, and I don't remember what we were talking about at 
that particular time. But it got on to the conversation where just by things we were talking about, we both knew that we were like inviters. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget her saying, oh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> she said, as a person like you and I, Vicki, she's like, it's really nice once in a while to be invited. Oh, yeah. And oh my gosh, I, her and I connected over that because she's done just as many, if not more things than I have to try to get people together. And I'm not going to lie. It's mm-hmm. sometimes becomes a chore. People are so busy mm-hmm. and people don't know if they have an hour for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I can send out 10 invitations for something like, Hey, do you want to go to this free concert? And I might get 10 no's. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I always pick myself up. <laughs> and sometimes, every once in a while, it can be frustrating. It can be sad. It can be feel like you're not worthy of friendships. And i honestly not sure what keeps me going, but there's a fire in me that says, you know what, if I want friends... I've got to make an effort because nobody else is going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. That is such a good thing to include, the the rejection part. It's a real thing. Because it's a real thing. Yeah. And the rejection can be the most honest of like, oh my gosh, I would love to come, but I have this. I already right. committed to that. And that, but even that is like, shoot. Well, and people are notorious for saying... I can't this time, but hey, let's get together next mm-hmm. week for coffee. But this is the thing I was telling my husband. I said, that's great. And they probably do have intentions, but nine times out of 10, if I want to get together with them, I'm going to be the one reaching mm-hmm. out. Like people just don't follow through. Yeah. And this I is just, a gift you have, which maybe is a gift and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, But I just think of those women on your street, what a gift it is to them that you organize that because that has blessed them in ways, you know, you took the initiative, you made that happen. Yeah. I think you're really cool. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Um, Another thing on that note is like, I just feel like women get overwhelmed when they think about the time and energy that in their minds they think it might take to build friendships. And it really doesn't have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. And it's not always a matter of adding another activity or social event to your calendar. And one way to think about this is just by opening your eyes to the people that are already around you on a regular basis. So Mm -hmm. let's just say, for example, the working people. You know, I've never really had that world, but... Let's say, for example, you're working in a cubicle and you have this person on your left and this person on your right and you don't really click with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, another way to think about that is, okay, when you go on your lunch break in the break room, there might be a whole different set of people in there from different departments. So Mm -hmm. maybe there's somebody right there in front of your eyes that you might really hit it off with if you actually start a conversation with them. And another example of this might be the parents who are taking kids to sports practices and games all the time. I lived that life for many years, and 
And I think it's probably safe to say that a lot of these parents are either sitting in their cars alone while waiting on their kids or else sometimes they're sitting even right next to each other, mm-hmm. but they're all scrolling through their phones rather than conversing. And I see this almost every single morning when I go to my gym. Like there can be two dozen kids in swimming lessons and guess what's going out in the lobby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's two dozen parents but none of them are speaking to each other. And I think we're all guilty to this to some degree, and it'd definitely be much healthier if we just tried being more present and engaged with those around us no matter where we are. I This just made me think of this random story. After I had my baby in, dis, in March, the Brian offered these like new mom classes, and I went to them like every Wednesday for four weeks or whatever six weeks, something. And, uh, it was fascinating. Most, there were very few people who attended anyways, but the highest attended one had maybe like six people there and they were little presentations. And before the presenter came, we were just waiting and no one talked to each other. (laughs) That awkward silence. Yes. And I was like, am I supposed to say something? I wanted to like facilitate this group. I was like, no, I can't do that. (laughs) The real Bethany's coming out. Right. I was like (laughs) covered in baby poop. But everybody was. And I should have done that. But it, it made me, I left thinking like, is this a lost art? My mom can talk to a stranger in the grocery store and become best friends. And she's done that my whole life. And it's like, oh my gosh, mom, you're so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. But is that becoming a lost art? Oh, for sure. That makes me sad. I I don't remember what this lady said to me, but just a couple days ago, I, it's terrible. I can't remember where I was, but a random lady standing next to me started up a brief conversation. And it's sad when you notice that that's, like unusual mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how far we've come mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem normal anymore yeah not for the benefit no. um just thinking um last year you shared a devotion at wednesday night in church and you talked you shared a story about a pastor's personal experience with loss and how people responded to him do you mind sharing that story again Sure. Yeah, this was, I don't know, I just found it very interesting. There was a story shared by a pastor by the name of Craig Rochelle, and who happens to be the leader of the largest physically attended church in America. So you can only imagine, I don't know how big a congregation that is. Mm -hmm. But when his dad passed away not that long ago, he said he had, you know, thousands of people who sent him well wishes over social media platforms, and then emails came in by maybe the hundreds, and then closer friends personally texted him. But do you remember what I said, like how many phone calls he actually got? Very few. That was two. That's crazy. And then of all his friends and acquaintances, one single person took the time to come see him at his house to mourn with him and you know, give him a hug and a listening ear. And that's somebody who has hundreds, if not thousands of contacts. That is heartbreaking. It is. And I was kind of shocked about that at first when I heard it, but then I kind of reflected on my own experience. We've had, you know, some close 
family that have passed away in the last few years. And, and I honestly have to say that my experience was very similar and obviously on a smaller scale, I certainly don't know thousands of people, but I don't know. It just seems like the days of having a tater tot casserole and even getting personal cards in the mail are gone, Mm -hmm. which is really sad. And I can be just as guilty of this. And I too find myself at times taking a quicker, easier route for some of these things. You know, sometimes I think the biggest one is like Facebook, Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's somebody's birthday. And so you, it might even be an auto-generated thing where you just touch the button and it says, happy birthday, Bethany. Uh You don't even have to type it out. And then, so no, I'm probably not going to mail that person a card because it's, I already said it, it's checked off my mental list, right? Right. (laughs) And then it's, oh, I got a happy birthday from this random person I met, you know, 20 years ago in high school or I've been talking to him for whatever years. You know, that's the only time I hear from this Mm -hmm. person, but oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Like it almost. uh, It's kind of neat, but yet it's like fate. It almost feels fake. It it like lessens the impact of like, okay, well, thank you, random person. Yeah. So, I mean, just sometimes it feels like those little things don't matter mm-hmm. in daily life, but until you're the one that's going through a rough time or a stressful time or whatever, and you get a kind gesture from somebody else, and to be honest, I think it's comforting for all of us to know that somebody's thinking of us. Yeah. So, I think people really don't like to be uncomfortable or do the hard things, and talking about death or a loss or something hard going on in your family. I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to go over here instead, or I'm going to look at my phone. And again, I think we were always our sinful nature. We're always going to go with what's the easiest and the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. That is not good for us. No, it's not. I mean, that's not the way God intended us to interact with each other. And I just, I fear for my grandchildren. It's like, what paths are they going to be going down that, mm-hmm. that we can't even imagine today? I mean, obviously our grandparents can't even imagine what we're going through with Facebook and cell phones and such. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really what's left? I mean, there, there's going to be more things like that to come, but we just don't know, have any idea what they're going to be. Right. <laughs> Do you think there are specific groups of people who desire friendship and community more than others? I honestly used to think that women were better about maybe coming together and wanting to, desiring that closeness. But I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase. It says, we all come into this world looking for someone looking for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that saying. I'm going to say it again. It's so simple, but it's so true. We all come into this world looking for someone, looking for us. And it doesn't really matter for an infant, a teenager, a grown adult, uh, more on a social scale, like if you're rich or poor, if you're a successful businessman, or if you're a housewife like I was, we all long to be seen and heard and loved. And that's how we are created. I mean, we just all... We all need that. Mm-hmm. It, it is our God is a relational God. We are created in His image. We are relational. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and this was definitely pointed out, like you said earlier in the, you made mention of the book that we studied. It was called Find Your People by Jenny Allen, and she's such an amazing Christian author. She's got several books out that have been, you know, great blockbuster, not blockbuster, what's the right word for books? Um, bestseller. <laughs> bestsellers, there we go. <laughs> but she also um, has a podcast, and it's amazing. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's called Made for This. Mm-hmm. And just on this one book alone, she's got 36 episodes where she's talking about friendship and community. And I have listened to them more than once. Like mm-hmm. you pick up something every time you listen to them. And if there's a book or a podcast like which everybody had to listen to, this would be my choice. Yes. <laughs> oh, I just, I mean, none of us, I don't know. There's just so much there. Like God gave us the desire to connect with others. And none of us had a second grade, you know, class on how to make friends, nor did probably anybody in high school Mm -hmm. or college. And yet having friends and healthy relationships are truly what makes us happy. Mm -hmm. It's not the money or the success or the power, even though we desire those things, it's being loved. On the deathbed, that's what people talk about are their relationships. Yeah. That's what's important. (laughs) And I'm going back to the book again, and I'm sorry if I start sounding like a broken record, but this book, I mean, I was kind of overwhelmed to talk today because I wanted to just say, well, rather than me coming and talking to you, Bethany, I'm just going to tell everybody to go listen to, Mm -hmm. to Jenny Allen because she has hours of information on this, and to try to condense it down would be impossible. But one of the things in the first chapter of her book that I absolutely love is she tells people to picture like a round target. And that outer or the largest ring is what she refers to as your acquaintances. And she said most people probably have 50 to 150 people in this category. And they're like the people that you stay in touch with a fair amount to maybe know the major things going on in their life. Or she also said, think of it as your Christmas card list, people. Uh (laughs) And then she goes on and she says, like, the second ring inside the target, which is smaller, is the people within your acquaintance group. And those are the people that you tend to spend more time with and know on a deeper level. And those people are known as your village. Uh And obviously, like, your circle might vary you know, on the size than mine, you have a lot of connections at church and stuff working here. But for most people, she said, like, the village will be made up of around 20 to 50 people. And then she talks about getting down to the bullseye or the center of that target, which is made up of our best friends. And when she first talked about this, it kind of opened my eyes, but I very much agree. She said our capacity for close friendship is only about one to five people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's probably for obvious reasons, like, you know, we were talking about that commitment and the time, and it does take time mm-hmm. to build close connections. So they say that depending on how much time you spend with a person face-to-face is 
helps determine where they fall into your circle Mm -hmm. of 150 people. So they could be an acquaintance or part of your village, or it could be a close friend. Mm -hmm. And at different seasons, it's different people or different people move in and out. And yeah. Yeah, it's just so. fascinating to think like that is how our that's based on brain research. She didn't make that up. Mm-hmm. Like that is how we're created. We can't. That's why not to get on my soapbox, but I do get frustrated with the online communities or the Facebook news feed or whatever Instagram where I my brain, I am not capable of caring deeply about 200 people, mm-hmm. 500 people, 1,000 people. I can't do that. So in a way, it, it almost dehumanizes or it decreases that value Yeah. of that face-to-face. You tell me your heart right in front of me, then yes, that's real. Like that's right. it so makes much it more real. valuable. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's why making the effort to go on that walk or coffee date face-to-face, mm-hmm. side-by-side, talking is more healthy yeah it's real we like real things yeah friendships I mean unless we go up there you know we got to do things together like we just said and we all have our highs and lows in life and in fact one of the things I do with the a current women's group that I have going it sounds kind of elementary-ish but mm-hmm. I May pointed this out and was request from day one when we started meeting. I said, every time we meet, we're going to start off our gathering by sharing a high and low since we met the last time. And some days, you know, we've gotten through it in 15 minutes and other days it's taken an hour and a half. It just depends where we are, what we need to talk about. And I don't know, it it might seem childlike, but I think mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing. <laughs> it is so simple. You know, we teach that to parents to do as part of their devotions. Or go around the table and share your high and low with your kids. Yeah. Because it is so important for people to be able to say the best thing, the worst thing. To be celebrated, to be seen, heard, and celebrated, and encouraged. That's what we all just, that's what we want. Yeah, it is, for sure. And on that note, I'm just going to share a little story that I recently heard that might just kind of sum this up. It was a cute, bold <laughs> story. And, oh, my gosh, I, I've i shared it with a few people since I heard it just a couple weeks ago. And I can't even tell you whose podcast it was, but the title of the podcast was called... No more Christmases alone. Mm. <laughs> and to sum down the story, I was like, I think it was like a 50-minute podcast. But the story actually was, the session that he was talking about was very similar to what we're talking about today. And he shared the story of the elderly man who lived in Rome. And this gentleman's wife had passed away, you know, several years prior to this And he just had one child, and this child lived in a different country. And when the holidays came around, he just always found himself alone. And I don't know, it just seemed really, he was very sad. And so he took out a personal ad in the biggest paper in his area that he could. And 
The title of his ad said Grandpa for Adoption. Oh. <laughs> and we're not talking about how he just wanted, like, a weekend with a family. He even put out there, like, I have X amount of dollars to bring into a family mm-hmm. to contribute. And I'm sure he probably listed other things, too, but that's the only thing mm-hmm. I can remember. And so he sent out this ad, and... He got flooded mm. with people applying to be his family. Oh, my goodness. And it was, I don't know. It was just amazing. Like he said, he got asked or, you know, invited to do interviews with people. There is at least one celebrity. There is politicians. He said one family said that they had like this huge mansion and they had plenty of room for him and he could look, come live with them at this wow. exotic house. And the application that stood out to him to the most was a handwritten letter and it was signed by the mom, by the dad, and by every one of their kids. Oh. And he decided to interview this family and obviously the interview went both directions. And anyway, he ended up being moving in with his family, and their living arrangements was this family lived in the basement of somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even have a lot wow. to offer. But this grandpa went on to say how amazing this was. He got to give love. Mm-hmm. He got to give love back from them and he said he did the simplest things like he helped with the dishes he walked their dog he got to help with homework once in a while Mm -hmm. and they were both just as happy as could be I mean they both got something that they were missing and they both rewarded greatly from it and I was like how bold of a move is that Mm -hmm. I mean women today we struggle with inviting somebody to coffee Mm -hmm. And look what this 80-year-old man did. <laughs> I love that. It was incredible. And it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. So. And just seeing that value of, no, living in the basement of someone else's house with this family is more valuable than a mansion with a, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Like that close, intimate, real life. Yeah. That's what we want. That's what your kids want. That's what... People, you know, that's how we're created. That's right. And on that note, I'm going to put a plug in. Yes. As you mentioned, I'm on the women's ministry team here at Messiah, and we have an opportunity coming up, and we called it Simple Connections. And basically the concept is is we're going to take women and put them in groups of four. And for the first three months, you're going to meet each of these three women one at a time, only one once a month. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big commitment. It's very simple. Like you and I might be paired up for the first month. There's no specific time. It's on your own time frame. You can do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. you can invite me over for cinnamon rolls, or we could just even meet in the church cafe mm-hmm. for coffee on a Sunday morning. Go for but a it's, walk. Yeah. Do whatever. Whatever. And so I would meet with you the first month and then this other gal one time the second month and then the third gal. And then the fourth month, we're encouraging everybody to meet together as a group to reconnect. Mm -hmm. And it's just a simple, easy way to, you know, meet new people and put a face with a name 
to the people that you see on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. which I know I've gone through that myself. Like a big church like this, and I used to be so plugged in with my kids here, and now I can look around sometimes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hardly know anyone. And so this is what that's designed for is, yeah. is to bring women together. I love that. I'm so excited. I definitely want to try that. Um, has that. Is it going to be the spring? Is there a date for that? We don't have a specific date yet, but it should be coming up within the mm-hmm. next month or probably four to six weeks. Yep. And hopefully it'll be like a quarterly or yeah. twice a year or three, four That's times. our hope. Yeah. yeah. It has to keep it going. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for coming. And if you're a listener and you have been inspired by this, which I have been, um, that Women's Connect Simple Connections is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Reading that Find Your People by Jenny Allen or looking up those podcasts is a great place to start. Um, but yeah, just starting. Put, out, put it out there. Don't be afraid of a rejection. Pray about it. Pray for who God is going to put in your path or reach out to people and see what happens. That's right. Reach out. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be... Your best friend might be that person that you invite to coffee. So yeah. you're not going to know unless you try. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Vicki. <laughs> thank that you. It's great. been fun. Yes, thank you. This has been a Messiah Lutheran ministry production. Subscribe to Messiah Lutheran on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find our worship services and our Sermon Extra podcast by searching Messiah Lincoln on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. We'd love to hear from you as well, so please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At